haven't met you, my name is Tom, and we've got a, an awesome day today where we're going to be looking back at 2019 and also looking ahead to 2020, because we're, we're excited about what, what God's doing, what he has done, and what we're going to be doing in the future together. And um, testimony Sundays are great. Sharing stories is, is just a good thing to do. I love that. I love getting texts from people that, that I love and care about, and they're like, remind me to tell you something. You know, like, oh, sweet. Okay, I wonder what this is going to be. I particularly like it when it's something that makes me laugh. I love that. And some of my friends do this thing where they like, I got the funniest story ever to tell you. I'm like, please don't do that because probably it's not going to be the funniest story ever. I'm going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed that I didn't laugh as much as you were hoping I would. Just tell me you want to tell me something. Um, but telling people stories is just a good thing. Bringing people into what God's been doing in your life is a good thing. And the other day, I'll share just a funny story that happened in our family. Um, Lily just told me this the other day, actually. So she was putting her little brother to, to bed. And we, we just had the plague go through our house like a lot of us. Everyone was really sick. And uh, there, she's laying with him, trying to comfort him. And so she's, she's stuffed up and congested. And, and Theo turns to her and he goes, Lily, do you want me to teach you how to breathe quieter? <laughs> So funny. Uh, but when Lily told me that, she was like, I want to tell you something. And it was like, oh, thank you so much for telling me that story. You brought me into your life. You made me, you made me laugh. What a beautiful thing. But there's something powerful about sharing stories, about sharing testimony, about what God has done. And I'm just going to read briefly from Luke chapter 8, just an interaction Jesus has with uh, a man who's actually been possessed by demons and just kind of his response to that. So this is from Luke chapter 8, verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Stay with me. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it to the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man with whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them, told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country to the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying this, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. And that, to me, sums up that last, that command from Jesus and what, what the the, the man who was possessed by demons did. That is what testimony is. That is what sharing story is. It's, it's returning and declaring how much God has actually done for us. And that's what we're going to be doing today, whereas we're going to be hearing from our good friend, Mark Lloyd. 
Um, we're going to be looking back at what God has done in his life this year. He's going to be sharing a bit of his story, and he's also going to be sharing a song that he's written, so it's going to be amazing. And then from there, we're going to hear from my lovely wife, Jess, with some bit, a bit more of like just some practical tips on how to look back as you look ahead. And then finally, I'm going to come up and share a little bit about 2020. So let's just give it up for Mark Lloyd as he comes up and shares. Okay. Yeah. You want to share the whole thing from up there? Okay, cool. Cool, man. All right. Hello, everybody. Wow. You don't know how long I've been waiting to get on this stage. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, God is so good. Jesus is so good. Um, uh, I, uh, my year, my year, my year started off, the police brought me here on March 1st, they passed and, um, uh, they dropped me off at the hospital and I ended up that same night at the, out of the cold shelter, um, where I, uh, stayed for a month and some time. Uh, let me back up a bit. My name is Mark Lloyd. I'm 45 years old. I'm originally from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Go Greyhounds. Yeah. Um, if I pace around, I'm a pacer, so I'll, I'll let you know that right now. Uh, uh, yeah, since a very young age, I've uh, battled drug addiction and alcoholism. Um, it had nothing to do with my upbringing. Uh, my mom and dad were gracious enough to adopt me and my brother. Um, it was just the way I choose to live my life was, was not right. It was not godly. There was no signs of God. I grew up going to Catholic schools. Um, that didn't, that didn't really, uh, shine a light on me anyhow. Uh, I read in the Bible once, it says, uh, if you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. And for a very young age, I choose to sin up until pretty much March 1st when I got here. I still sinned a little bit after that, but I knew, <laughs> I knew there was, there was, it was going nowhere anymore. What I did in addiction was, was I brought myself to a way of living and a way of life that I knew nothing other than sin. And when you're that far gone, you know, you don't really have hope or faith that you could ever be brought back until now I know you just ask or just give it, give your life to God. Um, I go to a, a group of wonderful people. They're called we're called overcomers, and uh, we all love Jesus, and we all battle some sort of an addiction. But we all help each other, and we're all there to find the root of that problem. Once we get to the root, then we can work on our ourselves and Jesus and, and, and our Father. That they, they walk with us. 
big mistake I made was I figured that God would, after all the sin that I've, I've done, would he gave up on me, but I come to learn that he's never given up on me. I remember Tom telling me one time, he says, he's always knocking at the door, he's just waiting for you to answer and let him into your life. And uh, one day I, I, uh, I, I did that, I let, I let God into my life and uh, he introduced me to so many of his people and most of them are all in this room today, some aren't. Uh, he 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 put me in a place, Alliston, which is which is uh, the holiest place I've ever been, and I've been across Canada several times. There's something about this place, and there's something about this room that is just uh, un unreal. Um, yeah, so I didn't want to come up here and glorify addiction. But I guess it's that's the biggest part of my story is is, is is my way of living for so long, over 30 years. Um, that's why I I believe I believe right now that I'm up here speaking from my heart because when I speak from my head, it just gets me into trouble, you know. So, and I got a few little tricks that I do now that I've become a Christian and let God take, take over my life and start living a life Jesus lived. That's uh, when I ever, when I ever have a, a doubt of what I'm doing is, is right or wrong. First of all, I try to wake up every morning and do the next right thing, you know. That's a big part of my day. And then if I have a hard time figuring, well, what's, is that right or is that wrong? I just ask myself, would Jesus have done that? You know? And it's so, it's so simple that when you know he's walking with you in every step you take, that it's, it's, it's so much easier to do the right thing. Because now you're being, <laughs> you're being, afflicted with guilt and shame of somebody loving you so much instead of guilt and shame of what you've done. So, yeah, it's, it, it's brought me through terrible, terrible times, whether it's been homelessness all over the place, uh, losing all my family members, losing any jobs that I've ever had, you know, and, uh, and you know it's not like that it's not like that today and this has been a short time it's not even been a a, a year in length like march is still months two months away so uh yeah since this time that i found jesus and i was baptized and and, and when i was baptized that was a real real strange moment for me because when i come out of that water I felt like I've never felt before, like I was so new that I was scared because I knew that the path I was going to walk ahead of me was all new, going to be new learning to me because I've already taught myself now 30 years of sin, how to do it the wrong way. So I was 
I was wondering for about two weeks after, I was like, wow, I ain't feeling this thing. That, and I, I realized that, well, hey, this is brand new to you, you know? And what I've seen so far of it and what I've been doing, well, well, this is all new. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And it's, and it's God's work. So, so, he's so good. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've lost all my family members and uh, now now I have all my family members back, all my children, you know, they love me, they see a change for once in me. Um, I got my little girl, Anity, she even comes to church here with us. And she can't be here today, but she's, she's said a prayer for me and you know, that, that just, wow. Yeah. And so like, when I ever doubt, doubt like, and I don't doubt anymore, and I, I don't have cravings anymore, and I don't, because I know that I just gave it to God, and He deals with it, and He'll let me have or feel the way, the way He wants me to feel, and uh, it's so good. He's done so many things for me. Um, he's given me the gift of writing songs like I've played guitar since I was eight years old I've never tried to write a song once I'll become a Christian and I write two of them in two months you know um, I wondered myself why why would I go through all of this I'm gonna say hell because it was hell and not be dead and it's a simple fact that he has a plan for me you know he doesn't want me dead. You know, the enemy brought me to a point where I was no good even to him. And Jesus was still knocking at that door. You know, arms wide open. You know. What I had to do is I had to, you know, I had to change my way of thinking. Like if God's going to give me another chance, why don't I give myself a chance? You know, because God treats everybody the same. He gives us all the same, all the same opportunities. It's just our choices that come in after that. Whether we take take His goodness and take His, you know, His love and and do with it what He wants us to do with it. So yeah, I said I'd, I'd talk up here until my mouth got dry. And it's about it's about that time. <laughs> I will tell you one thing though. Like my life is not my life is not perfect by any means, just that I've I've turned my life over to the care of God and you know, uh, it's uh I still got problems, I still my arm, I couldn't move my arm for a year almost and I got bills coming out of my butt and people call me every day and I'm like what do I do and then I, I, I started to realize like all these worldly things that's that's you know them are the consequences of the sin that I've committed you know and God will God will forgive your sins but the consequences that you're left with that's still your stuff you know you have to deal with that and before, I would have gave up. I would have said, well, see, he's not helping me, you know. 
But I didn't realize that, that he did help me. Because all the sin that I've done to get to that point is gone. So it's sort of like I've got to clean up my own mess still. But with him walking and me walking in his light, it's much easier. And there is hope, you know. Yeah, and so uh, one morning I woke up and, and, and I, I, I think it was after an open mic night or something and I heard Rachel and, and Marcello's little boy singing in my head. And I just went out to my uh, living room table and I started writing a song and I, I think I blacked out or I something, but I woke up and there was three sheets of paper laying on the... And they were all done and I'm like, wow, what happened there? <laughs> And that's usually what happens to me after I get off this stage is I look back and I'm like, was I just up there? <laughs> and I told my daughter, I said, I'm so nervous. I texted her this morning. I said, I'm no nervous, so nervous. And I, and I thought to myself, I said, well, that, that lets you know that God's with you. That lets you know that you're real. So I'm going to uh, tell you all that I love you and I love what you've done to help me what this church has done to help me and that uh, you know when I wake up every morning I ask myself two questions I'm going to quote a guy named Cody Jinx he says when you wake up in the morning he says do you want to be the devil or do you want to be Jesus and from now on I want to be Jesus thought you were taller than me. <laughs> Look taller from back there, I guess, because I'm looking up. At you. <laughs> Never really checked, actually. Look at me looking for a pick and there's ten of them on the ground. <laughs> you got this, God. So this song is, uh, it's got a little bit of how I felt, where I was, and what I needed. Yeah. Jesus Christ would have the answer 
said, give it to me. Now we'll run it by my father. I know there would be no bother because he loves you. So just give it to me. So you can be set free. Be the man you want to be and a man that lives of me. Just give it to me. Got another problem with the bottle and the blow. An on and off thing I know, but I play full throttle. Now I'm on my knees, screaming at your heavens, hoping there's a chance, dear Lord, that you might hear me. So give it to me. Before I let you go May I ask just one more favor Of our Father and our Savior Will you watch over my two daughters And my one and only son He said give it to me God is doing in your life 
and then we get to witness it and be a part of it and it's great and we love you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am going to just share, like Tom was saying, over the last couple of years, I guess, um, just realizing like the importance of reflection in our lives, um, just the, the need to be processing our hearts with the Lord um, and how easy it actually is to ignore our inner worlds and just keep going through the motions. Um, I'm just going to start, though, by reading from Psalm 139, um, a little bit of it from the Passion Translation. David says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul, and you understand every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, too deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. And then further down at the end, he says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Um, yeah, I just feel like that scripture really sort of sums up the prayer of my heart over the last little while and what I feel like God's sort of been doing. Um, so I just want to share today um, just some like really practical stuff. We just felt like that's a helpful thing. Sometimes, you know, life is so busy. We just have been going through the Christmas season and I, I feel like the go-to conversation is always like, oh, how was your Christmas? Oh, busy. How was yours? Oh, busy. You know, it's just like that's, that's sort of something that we almost, I know that it's not what we want, but it's like our culture and our world just sort of celebrates this pace of life that's like constantly working and going and going. And what happens actually is that it leaves us a little bit numb and desensitized to what's going on inside of us and even what God is doing around us. Um, the hurry of life is basically designed to drown out the voice or the, the voice of God and the sound of our own hearts and what's going on. Um, but Jesus says the kingdom of God is within us. And so we need to be aware of how important our inner lives are and what's going on and actually give Jesus his full rule and reign in that space. Um, it's heaven that actually sets the tone and the pace of our lives, not the world. Which is why things like spiritual disciplines and reflection and all those sorts of things are actually so important because those are the things that actually lead us to more of what God's doing and, and deeper into the kingdom of God. And just to be clear, um, this reflection, looking back and like actually like looking within us, is done with Jesus. Um, because I think there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. There's like this whole trend towards mindfulness and, um, you know, self-care and all of these things, which are actually good. Um, but they're, apart from the gospel, they're actually not going to do anything, right? What happens is we just become self-absorbed in that situation. But when we actually see this through the light of the gospel and we, like Mark was saying, let Jesus walk us through these things, it actually brings us into um, 
just deeper uh, love with him. And it's part of our sanctification process, right? He's working it out in our lives. Um, And so some of the dangers of not taking the time to reflect are things like we don't learn. We tend to go through the same thing over and over again. And we're like, why Why am I going through this over and over again? But we're not actually paying attention to maybe something that we're needing to learn, a lesson that's being presented to us, something we need to grab a hold of. Um, Other things are like we don't heal. We leave our wounds, we're kind of numb and avoiding the pain that's underneath. And a wound left ignored is really actually dangerous. It goes toxic to your whole body, right? And so same thing with our spiritual lives. If we just ignore the wounds, if we just pretend they're not there, if we just busy ourselves, we're not actually allowing the Lord to come in and heal. So we need to take honest assessment of our hearts and allow God's healing to flow. Um, Another thing is we don't move. So we're spinning our wheels, and that's not how we were intended to be. We were made, God has transferred us from darkness into light, and that is a continuous process as well. Like we are stepping out of darkness and into light and from glory to glory, and we're able to call others into that. But if we're just spinning our wheels, we're not really going anywhere. So um, I just want to be someone who is willing to ask Holy Spirit, like search my heart and know me like David. Like, just what's going on in there? And that's something that um, I've tried to put into practice and been actually really amazed at God's faithfulness. Like, in moments in the day, just like, I react a certain way, I feel a certain way, there's a situation, and my, my go-to is this. I'll just, like, pause for a minute and be like, okay, Lord, what are you, what's go, like, what is going on under the surface here that's causing this? Um, and how faithful he is to actually show us that, like, he shows me, and in his kindness, brings me to repentance. Like, he's like, hey, this kind of highlights it, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But it's like this beautiful thing. Like, he is always willing to work it through with us. And, um, and when we're willing to do that with him, it creates this dependency in our lives, this daily walking, and it gives us eyes to see the deeper thing that he's doing. It gives us eyes to see the greater thing that he's doing, um, in the kingdom of God and all of life. Because the thing is, is that life isn't really mostly the grand adventures and the highlight reels, um, nor is it like the catastrophes and, you know, the hurt and hardship all the time. Like there are, those things happen in our lives, but those, that's not the, the scale of life. It's actually like these little moments day by day by day that build our lives. And um, one of my favorite people right now, her name is Emily Freeman. She actually talks about doing the next right thing. I love that you said that, Mark. But um, her, one of her quotes is, small moments link arms to form the timelines of our lives, and we can't afford to miss them. And so we are people of the kingdom of God, and we have this big vision of Jesus and his kingdom, but um, it's actually played out in the small moments of our everyday lives. And we have these these things that Jesus is calling us to that are like it's kingdom greatness, but it's actually in the hidden things that that you find kingdom greatness, like the spiritual life and the self-discipline or, or kingdom disciplines. And, um, and so the, the practical side of this, I'm just going to share like a few, like it's like really practical. I have a few slides that I, Tom whipped up for me. Um, but this is just something that I've been going through because I think like, if we don't take stock of our lives, if we don't um, reflect, 
we actually are kind of oblivious to what God is doing or what he's done. And even this testimony time, it's like every single one of you in here has a testimony about your year. But <laughs> Mark is the only one who got up to share his. And so I think like it's, it's stuff like this that actually helps us to go like, oh yeah, God is actually really doing something and I want to see it and I want to share it. And so I'm hoping that this is encouraging and helpful and whatever, see what happens. Um, so just part of the rhythm re and reflections. Number one, make the time. So this can be like right now we're at the end of the year. So really good time to just take a couple days and just reflect on the, the year that's happened. Um, you can also do it seasonally or monthly or weekly or even daily. Um, and I actually recommend do a few of those things, like maybe make the habit of doing it on a bit of a quick daily basis, but also like a monthly or a seasonally um, basis. Um, and actually set it into your calendar, make it a priority because um, it, it's actually the things that when you're starting to pay attention to your life, you realize what God's doing and the, the growth that's happening. Um, the next one is pay attention. We can open our eyes and just look for God, ask him what he's doing and um, invite him into our days. Um, number three is take stock, write it down or record it. Um, this can be like scripture that God's just put before you, scripture that you're studying, a book that you're reading, a conversation that you had with someone, they said something, you're like, wow, that was profoundly impactful. I'm going to write that down. Um, even looking at your calendar and your day planner, like what are the things happening in your life and, and, and your journals or your photos and what's happening in your every day. And then you, get to, you take time to sort of prayerfully look back and process. Like, okay, that month, this is what happened in that month. And you get to actually see the hand of God walking you through. Um, the next one is set intentions. So from that point of reflection, you get to set goals and intentions moving forward. And actually, they can be super simple. Like, I felt really awful last month because I was over dehydrated and I need to drink more water. That's important. And those, those feel like silly things, but they're actually like really important things to take stock of and set intentions for. The problem isn't that we aren't learning or that there's nothing to reflect on. The problem is, is that we actually don't keep track and we often forget. And so um, one of the things that I've, I've, like none of this stuff is like my own stuff. I didn't come up with this stuff. I'm sort of, I've taken bits and pieces of things that I've learned and am learning and sort of fumbling, bumbling through. But one of the things that I've heard over and over from different people who practice this regularly is they say, let your life speak. Um, and so just some questions or things to ponder even when looking back on our year. Um, there they are, cool. I've never done slides before. <laughs> um, so here are some things, like what are some things you've learned? Just to be, just hold on a second. Um, if looking back on the year feels like really overwhelming, like I don't even know what happened this year, just take the month of December or your last week. That's okay. Start with something and look back. So what are some of the things that you learned? What has happened? Is there a new job, a new baby, a project, a sickness or a loss of a loved one? Record these things and pay attention because sometimes those big moments happen and we feel the impact of them, but then the ripple effect of that actually draws out may maybe much further than we even are able to realize. Um, but when we are 
actually taking stock, we realize, okay, there's stuff going on here that is still from these things. Um, what was good and fun and hilarious, I call these victories or it's working. <laughs> In my journal, I have like a list every month, like it's working. So I can like celebrate the things like one of my kids sleeping through the night or, you know, doing the laundry on time. <laughs> it's working sometimes. Um, and then what is difficult and frustrating? Those are struggles that you're walking through, that I'm, I've been walking through. I'll write those things down too. Like, I'm frustrated with myself because I just can't seem to get over this one thing or, you know, things that I'm struggling with. Um, and then thinking about our relationships. Is there a relationship that is strained or struggling? Are there relationships that are life-giving? Um, are we looking beyond ourselves? Or are we like closed doors and just islands? because that is something we need to be taking stock of. What are you thankful for? Start a gratitude list. That's a really excellent thing to start. Or are there any un unanswered questions that you're holding on to? And this one is actually really, um, has been interesting for me because I feel like over the years, so I've, basically this year was the first year that I like chose to do a monthly reflection and write it down. And I remember coming into January and having these questions and these things that I'm like, they're kind of these unanswered things. And then setting my goals and intentions and I was gonna have it figured out by February and actually by November, <laughs> I started to see, oh, it's starting to take shape and it's starting to unfold and I'm starting to see answers to this. But I think had I not been taking a monthly like, um, account of it, I would have been so discouraged because I'm, I would have probably given up in February and been like, whatever, I don't care. But there was like this gradual sort of thing where sometimes it felt like God was silent, but looking back on the reflection that I was writing, I was able to see like, oh, I'm actually like struggling through this right here. And I'm, I'm able to see that he like kind of led me to this and then, oh, and then this. And then so I'm looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, you were actually doing that. And now I'm starting to see the answer of that. And it's just like, He's so faithful, and then we see it, because so often he, I mean, he's always faithful, but so often I miss it, and I don't see it, and so that was like a really helpful thing for me, because sometimes the silence feels like too much, um, but God is always at work, even when we can't see it, he's working, um, and then the last one is just prayer and scripture, like, what are you feeding yourself? You know, pour your heart out to the Lord and feed yourself with his word. Meditate on his scriptures. Let that be the truth that actually realigns your heart. Um, and so then that's like kind of the looking back, right? That's like, you know, you can do that regularly, as regularly as you want to. Um, but then what happens is we get to look forward. And so looking forward, I think there's a slide for that maybe. Yeah. So we can set some goals and intentions. And that is a really good, it's like connected to the things that we're learning. So I'm learning this, or I'm growing in this, or I'm struggling with this. Set a goal to help you actually, you know, practically daily walk through that. Another thing is our values. Like what is it that we actually value? One of the really, mo like one of the most helpful things Tom and I actually did in a couple years back was make a list of words that represent our values as a family. And I've been like every month writing those things down again and like the why behind it and being like, okay, 
one simple one is just creativity. Like that's something that we value. And so how do I foster that in our home and with my kids and all those things on a daily basis? And, um, but we all value something. We just often don't put words to it. And when we don't put words to it, we actually don't often choose to live it out with intention. And so it's a really helpful thing to just put words to what you value. Um, also, make it a priority. Work it out in your calendar. Put it in your every, the end of the month of every month or the end of the season or whatever you want to do. Like, put it in your calendar. Set your intentions that you're going to actually take time to process these things with the Lord. Um, and the next one is a word for the year. This is something that um, Sharon often does, and I love that she shares it often on Facebook and stuff. And just asking God for... Um, a word for the year and what he's saying about the year to come. And she's pretty bang on every time with those things, which is cool. Um, and that's something that I've done. And again, I feel like God gives me a word. And then by like November or December of the, the year, I'm like, oh, I guess that's why that was the word. <laughs> I'm starting to understand it. Um, and then again, what questions are you carrying into the new year? As you look forward, what are those unanswered things that you're actually holding on to, that you're taking with you? Um, and relationships. Um, this is one that I, I, was, I found just in a, I don't remember where I found it, but this, this quote, I will nurture my relationship with blank by blank. It's like setting an intention. So I will nurture my relationship with Lily by taking her out to coffee every so often to catch up or I will nurture my relationship with Tom to make sure or by going on a date I like to go out on dates apparently <laughs> his and his husband anyways those are the things like how do you what relationship do you want to nurture even just my relationship with Jesus I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to wake up early and <laughs> spend my time with him because it matters and that's what I want to do right anyway so those are just a few really practical things. Um, but what happens when we look back on our lives and we reflect with Jesus is that we begin to then see his faithfulness. Um, our truth is realigned under his truth and we walk in a greater understanding of who he is and who we are and how that actually is so connected, right? We're so connected. He's so connected to us. And we then walk in greater freedom and joy. Um, we look back and we remember and we see that he always remembers us. Like Mark, when you were saying that, that whole thing, like you felt like you'd done so much that God just forgot about you, but he, was, he never forgot about you. He doesn't forget about us. He's always remembering us. There's so much scripture in, in all, all of the Bible <laughs> about God remembering and being faithful. Even when we're faithless, he's faithful. And so when we do this, this act of just reflecting, just taking some time, taking some stock, what's going on in my life? What are, what are you doing, God? We actually see that he's so faithful and we can look forward with hope and anticipation at what he's doing and um, get excited about his kingdom. So that's, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to, though, maybe read Psalm 139 again, just almost as a prayer, like for us, if that's okay. 
So if you want to pray with me. Lord, you know everything there is to know about us. You perceive every moment of our hearts and souls, and you understand every thought before it even enters our minds. You are so intimately aware of us, Lord. You read our hearts like an open book, and you know all the words we are about to speak even before we start a sentence. You know every step we will take before every journey begins. You've gone into our future and prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind us. You spare us from harm of our past. With your hand of love upon our lives, you impart a blessing to us. This is just too wonderful, too deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of us brings us wonder and strength. God, we invite your searching gaze into our hearts. Examine us through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within us. Put us to the test and sift through all our anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain we are walking on and lead us back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings us back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, that was my wife. Very proud of her. Um, so I'm just going to share, guys, for about five minutes just about 2019 and then looking ahead to 2020. So who here has an older model iPhone? A few of us. Okay. How old am I talking? iPhone 1? Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, but you know that dreaded, like, hey, you need to update your phone, and then, like, I, and then you go to update your phone, and it says you don't even have enough storage to update your phone? Anyone else? Okay. Um, and then nothing, starts, nothing works anymore. You're not getting texts. Or like, it's just not, your phone is just breaking down. Um, I was thinking about our church, and I think sometimes it feels like that, um, where it feels like in some ways we've outgrown our capacity and things are bogged down and not working properly. Messages aren't going through to the people that need to receive the message. There's miscommunication. There's just this, things are not working as well as they could work. And what I'm not suggesting is that we're going to throw out the iPhone and buy a new one. I'm saying that we're going to take this year to kind of investigate what, what's slowing things down. Where, where are things become, what, what needs to be updated? Like what, what can we update? What can we change so that this thing can work well in a way that honors God and honors one another? Um, 2019 was a difficult, I'm just going to be straight up. It was a difficult year for us. You know, there's a lot of change that went on. There was a lot of uh, things that kind of have, have become blurry or convoluted. We've heard a lot of your questions, and we want to know that, that we, we do hear you guys. Like things like, how are decisions made, or how did that happen, or what, what, what was going on there? And I want you to know that we're not like, no, we're not even going to talk about that. We, we hear your questions, and our heart is to actually answer those questions well and do a really good job of that. And so this year, it, it may seem kind of cheesy and cliche, but I think it's actually good. It, it, the year is 2020. And so our intention this year, our, the vision for all of 2020 is to bring clarity. It's to bring clarity of vision, clarity of mission, clarity of where we're heading and all of those things. And it happened I mean, 2020 makes sense. We want 2020 vision. We want to be able to see clearly. So what we're going to do this, this whole year is unpack this. But for the first 12 weeks, we're going to be launching a, our vision series, which will be starting next Sunday. And from then, we're going to go into this whole 12-week unpacking where we're going to talk through our mission, our values, 
some specific topics like Jess mentioned briefly about spiritual disciplines and stuff like that. And also, most importantly, what it looks like to be a part of Anchor Point. What it looks like to actually be a partner with Anchor Point Church. And this all will culminate in the springtime with us running our Anchor Point Partnership class, where we're going to talk through in more detail what it looks like to be one who kind of partners with Anchor Point. Because we want that to be the case where you're here and you feel like you're actually a part of something. You're contributing. You're not just here to hear a message once a week or listen to music and then leave or even just go to community group. It's that you actually have a a specific role to play in this body, that we actually need you. We need you to show up. We need you to to be who you are in Christ. And and that is only how our church is going to function properly. That's part of the system being bogged down is a lot of us aren't really fully engaged yet. And some of us are overly engaged. And it's like, no, you need to take a step back so someone else can take a step forward. Okay, so that is, is where we're heading in 2020. Hope that, that lands well with you. If not, deal with it. Um, but, but our heart is that, that things are clear and plain. And there's a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament in Habakkuk 2. It says, write the vision and make it plain so he who reads it may run with it. And that's what we want to happen. We want our vision to be so clear, so plain that anyone that comes in can grab a hold of it. They can, they can run with it, and they can see God's kingdom break in, into every aspect and area of their life, okay? Because that's the big vision, is, is God's kingdom coming in this place. So that's kind of where we're at, guys. That's where we're going. I'm not going to give too much. I don't want to let too many things out of the bag, except that that is our clear hope and anticipation for this year, is that we're going to have some clarity by the end of things. And that's hopefully helpful for you and hopefully helpful for us as well as the leadership. This, that, this is where we're at. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. If you want to partner with us, beautiful. If not, we'll talk about that. But, but we want to kind of just make it as clear as possible. This is where we're going. This is who we are. And this is who God's made us to be. Okay? Yeah. Hurrah. Okay. Uh, Dan has a baby on, so we're going to take some time to let him get ready for worship. But why don't we stand up, guys? And I'm just going to pray. Now, I would really encourage you guys to do just the practical things that Jess kind of shared with us. It was so good, so helpful, just to kind of reflect on your last year um, and to look forward with anticipation. It's so, like we talked about that, how Jesus brings hope, right? He brings hope, and we look back so that we can look ahead. We look back at his faithfulness so we can look to the future with hope and knowing that he's going to show up. He always has and he always will.